Section 25 of the Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Darren Beckham in Topeka, Kansas. The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon, translated by Edward Bish. Book 3, Chapter 8, Socrates' Disputes with Aristippus Concerning the Good and Beautiful. One day, Aristippus proposed a captious question to Socrates, meaning to surprise him, and this, by the way, of revenge, for his having before put him to a stand. But Socrates answered him warily, and as a person who has no other design in his conversations than to the improvement of his hearers. The question which Aristippus asked him was whether he knew in the world any good thing, and if Socrates had answered him that meat, or drink, or riches, or health, or strength, or courage are good things, he would forthwith have shown him that it may happen that they are very bad. He therefore gave him such an answer as he ought, and, because he knew very well that when we feel any indisposition, we earnestly desire to find a remedy for it, he said to him, Do you ask me, for example, whether I know anything that is good for a fever? No, said Aristippus. Or for sore eyes, said Socrates. Neither. Do you mean anything that is good against hunger? Not in the least, answered Aristippus. I promise you, said Socrates, that if you ask me for a good thing that is good for nothing, I know no such thing, nor have anything to do with it. Aristippus pressed him yet further, and asked him whether he knew any beautiful thing. I know a great many, said Socrates. Are they all like one another? continued Aristippus. Not in the least, answered Socrates for they are very different from one another. And how is it possible that two beautiful things should be contrary one to the other? This, said Socrates, is seen every day in men. A beautiful make and disposition of body for running is very different from a beautiful make and disposition for wrestling. The excellence and beauty of a buckler is to cover well him that wears it. On the contrary, the excellence and beauty of a dart is to be light and piercing. You answer me, said Aristippus, as you answered me before, when I asked you whether you knew any good thing. And do you think, replied Socrates, that the good and the beautiful are different? Know you not that the things that are beautiful are good likewise in the same sense? It would be false to say of virtue that in certain occasions it is beautiful, and in others good. When we speak of men of honor, we join the two qualities, and call them excellent and good. In bodies, beauty and goodness relate always to the same end. In a word, all things that are of any use in the world are esteemed beautiful and good with regard to the subject for which they are proper. At this rate, you might find beauty in a basket to carry dung, said Aristippus. Yes, if it be well made for that use, answered Socrates. And on the contrary, I would say that a buckler of gold was ugly if it was ill-made. Would you say, pursued Aristippus, that the same thing may be beautiful and ugly at once? I would say that it might be good and bad. Often what is good for hunger is bad for a fever, and what is good for a fever is very bad for hunger. Often what is beautiful to be done in running is ugly to be done in wrestling, and what is beautiful to do in wrestling is ugly in running. For all things are reputed beautiful and good when they are compared with those which they suit or become as they are esteemed ugly and bad when compared with those they do not become. 
Thus we see that when Socrates said that beautiful houses were the most convenient, he taught plainly enough in what manner we ought to build them, and he reasoned thus. Ought not he who builds a house to study chiefly how to make it most pleasant and most convenient? This proposition, being granted, he pursued. Is it not a pleasure to have a house that is cool in summer and warm in winter? And does not this happen in buildings that front towards the south? For the beams of the sun enter into the apartment in winter, and only pass over the covering in summer. For this reason, the houses that front towards the south ought to be very high, that they may receive the sun in winter, and, on the contrary, those that front toward the north ought to be very low, that they may be less exposed to the cold winds of that quarter. In short, he used to say that he had a very beautiful and very agreeable house, who could live there with ease during all the seasons of the year, and keep in safety all that he has, but that for painting and other ornaments there was more trouble in them than pleasure. He said further that retired places, such as could be seen from afar, were very proper to erect altars and build temples in, for though we are at a distance from them, yet it is a satisfaction to pray in sight of the holy places, and as they are apart from the haunts of men, innocent souls find more devotion in approaching them. End of section 25 Recording by Darren Beckham in Topeka, Kansas.